Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will... Broadcast. This, this is the next generation of talk. Now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. Oh man, Adam Abate, Abate the uh, Fulton County DA's office uh, attorney right now. This guy is as bad as the attorney and my cousin Vinny. It is brutal to watch this dude as the... Closing arguments are wrapping up in the Fawny Willis Nathan Wade affair trial. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here today. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. I'm watching this guy, and I think at one point he stopped to like just chug a glass of water and uh the judge asked some questions. He responded in silence. It's it's bad. We'll we'll get some uh we'll get some audio for you. And and no no doubt about it, you're gonna you're gonna like the comparison to the attorney and my cousin Vinny. But uh, we got a lot we got a lot to chat about this hour. Dave McCormick's gonna stop by. He'll join us. We'll talk about again Pennsylvania. We got to win. The, we got to win PA. It's got to happen. It's it's a it's must win. Has to do it. Gotta gotta do it. But let's begin with our daily. Um, uh, we haven't had a comparison of Trump to Hitler, and it's been what 14, 15 minutes I think since we've had the last <laughs> comparison of Trump to Hitler. So. Um, we we got to make sure we get that in. What what's the requirement, Matt DeSantis? Is like once uh once every hour, I believe, in America. <laughs> oh, that's the average. I, I I think so. Yeah, he has to be compared to Hitler or the 1930s. Or they don't they don't compare him to Mussolini, and that bothers me because I I as an Italian, I'm offended that they never compare him to Mussolini. I you know I'm just saying you know I mean. You know, my my people and all. But uh, but here's um, four, 14 time failed presidential and U.S. Senate candidate Beto O'Rourke, uh, who at one time was hailed as a rock star by the media who got crushed in every election he's ever run, giving us our daily reminder that the left can't think of anything creative to compare Trump to. And they just continue to play the same old records constantly over and over again. Cut number four. Trump's comments are a reminder of just what a disaster his presidency was for the border. It was chaos and it was cruelty. It was kids in cages. It was family separation. It was a Muslim ban. And Jose, as we just heard, he's also talking about immigrants poisoning the blood of America. That's something that you could have expected from Adolf Hitler in the 1930s. Not something you should expect from our president today. There it is, your your daily Trump is Hitler comparison. There you go. I know we have to make sure we always get it in there because, uh, God forbid, the left comes up with something original. Uh, 855-839-1210 is the number. The big story of the day today brought to you by my buddy, Dr. Mike Venaria, venariadental.com. Go see him today for your perfect smile, V-A-N-A-R-I-A, venariadental.com. Here is the, uh, the, the corporate media, particularly the unbiased journalist, George 
Stephanopoulos freaking out over the fact that the United States Supreme Court is going to take the Trump immunity case. Okay, this is uh, this is now George Stephanopoulos, the unbiased journalist, no relation to the George Stephanopoulos that was the communications director for Bill Clinton and worked for Democrats for years and years and years and years and years. Totally different George Stephanopoulos. That George Stephanopoulos, sadly, was yeah, was eaten by a great white shark off of the coast of Cuba when he was there vacationing with Justin Trudeau and his family uh, doing a tour of Trudeau's birthplace. Nothing from the uh, Censorati? Nothing from the... Sorry, I was queuing up the cut. Um, no, we, we believe that Pierre Trudeau is the father of Justin Trudeau. Is that what you referenced? Well, but, but you're okay with the fact that I just alleged that George Stephanopoulos was eaten to death by a great white shark. That somehow doesn't pass that. that the, I can get past the censors with that. I'm sure there's a George Stephanopoulos out there that has been eaten by a, a shark at some point in history. So that's probably fine probably accurate well that was that george stephanopoulos this george stephanopoulos is an unbiased journalist no relation to that george stephanopoulos uh an unbiased journalist who abc named as their chief political guy who of course runs the sunday show on abc he's an employee of abc news which is owned by the parent company china it's abc disney Disney's owned by China, so ABC, Disney, China. But but again, this is no relation to the George Stephanopoulos, who was Bill Clinton's communications director and chief of staff. Sadly, he was killed in a tragic Zamboni accident. He was actually, I don't know if you know this or not, it was at a Flyers game uh, at the Spectrum. And he was uh, run over and crushed to death by a Zamboni in 1999. <laughs> it's awful to watch. It was also awful to watch because it took like 32 minutes, you know, and, and people were yelling at him to get out of the way, just like in... Austin Powers. But anyway, um, no relation. Here's the unbiased journalist, George Stephanopoulos. In with the Supreme Court, agreeing to hear Donald Trump's claim that he's immune to prosecution on federal charges of attempting to overturn the 2020 election, that puts his trial on hold, serving the former president's strategy of pushing his trials past the presidential election. In deciding to take up the issue of presidential immunity, the Supreme Court has effectively delayed the most far-reaching criminal case against Donald Trump. The delay is already something of a Trump victory raising the real possibility that the trial could be pushed back until after the presidential election. With this delay, even if the trial was able to happen before the election, it would likely take place against the backdrop of the political conventions later in the summer or in the heat of the fall campaign, possibly, George, after voters in several states have already started casting their ballots. Ultimately, this question of of immunity is not likely to be a close call. They're going to rule against Donald Trump there. So why take it? This really is all about the clock. Again, we're just let me jump in. What an absolutely unbiased statement from an unbiased journalist named George Stephanopoulos. Totally unbiased. That would be if if George Stephanopoulos, the Democrat hack who ran Bill Clinton's campaign, was there. What he would say is the court was going to absolutely rule against Donald Trump. But since this is the unbiased journalist, George Stephanopoulos, he didn't say that at all. In fact, he said we'll have to see how the court rules. Or, or or maybe I wasn't paying attention. Can you just go back like maybe 15, 20 seconds, Matt DeSantis? Because, again, an unbiased journalist would say that it's 50-50. You know, the court could take there's compelling arguments here on both sides. And but uh, a, a Democrat hack would say the court's going to rule against Trump. So, again, let's um, let's take a quick uh, listen to that ballots. Ultimately, this question of, pre- of immunity is not likely to be a close call. They're going to rule against Donald Trump there. So why take it? This exactly really like I said, Matt DeSantis, an unbiased journalist completely calling it up the middle and showing both sides of the argument and how the Supreme Court could, on one hand, argue that by doing so, you'd create a precedent whereby presidents could be tried for criminal actions, even if the case doesn't really have merit. And maybe the court would be reluctant to wade in on this, given the impeachment clause, um, totally calling it right up the middle. Bravo to the unbiased journalist, George Stephanopoulos. Not at all how the other George Stephanopoulos would have asked the question. He would have said, without a doubt, the Supreme Court's going to definitely rule against Donald Trump. It's not even a question. Um, but that, of course, that George Stephanopoulos was killed tragically after he ingested some spit, some saliva from the stuttering attorney in my cousin Vinny and caught a um, terrible plague and, and uh, died. So it was a tragedy. Tragedy. I forgot that deleted scene. Yeah. Yeah. It was a delete. And again, it's a deleted scene. And, you know, it was the end of his. But but this George Stephanopoulos, I mean, I got to say, I miss this kind of 
true calling it up the middle journalism, don't you? Isn't it refreshing <laughs> to hear? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's actually kind of amazing. Yeah, it really is so. Re- in fact, just one one more one more time, if I could, because I, I think in America today we don't have enough unbiased journalists like this George Stephanopoulos, who, by the way, is only twenty four years old. You know, he was born in the year two thousand. They named him George Stephanopoulos after George Stephanopoulos, of course, who was killed in a tragic accident when he was uh, eaten to death by a yeti. Um, terrible, terrible thing. But this guy, I mean. Uh, well, uh, they should teach this at journalism classes across the country. Take take another listen. Ultimately, this question of, pre- of immunity is not likely to be a close call. They're going to rule against Donald Trump there. So why take it? I mean, bravo, right? I mean, is that is that not journalism 101 right there? How you, you show both sides and you really ask the question and you know what I mean? Like that is just b- beautiful. I have chills. Chills. <laughs> He's so annoying. He really is, and he gets paid like $30 million a year or something like that. Him and Chuck Todd, the two of them. Well, I I will say this. Chuck Todd is just a doofus. I mean, at least George Stephanopoulos is a very, very bright guy. He's so bright because, I mean, he uses his, his, his perch there to tell Democrats what to say. I mean, he's he's actually probably one of the smartest guys out there. But Chuck Todd's just a doofus who, quite frankly, got a lot of wedgies when he was in high school. I mean, come on. <laughs> There's a clip from uh, Chuck Todd the other day. He was on that Meet the Press Daily. I should have grabbed it because it's sort of interesting. Wait, wait, wait. Was it Meet the Press Daily? Because I can't wait till Sunday to get my Meet the Press fix. <laughs> was, I need my daily fix. It was daily. It was not the regular Meet the Press. He's banned from that one. But Meet the Press Daily, they bring him back all the time for some reason. But hmm. um, anyway, he was on to talk about the election results in Michigan, and he spent I don't know, five minutes downplaying the uncommitted vote, saying it wasn't important. And he also uh, emphasized that uncommitted didn't win any delegates. Now, for a second, I panicked because we had said, you know, uncommitted won two delegates. I thought, oh, geez, you know, I must have misread something. I went and looked it up. Chuck Todd was wrong. Mm. It wasn't us. Hmm. But uh, he, uh, he does it all the time. I, he's, he's got terrible hair. <laughs> just, everything about him annoys me. You are very petty. You know that? He's got terrible hair. He's got bad hair. He definitely had like hair plugs or so. I don't know what's going on on the top of his head. Chucky plugs. Chucky (laughs) plugs. That's what they called him. He got Chucky plugs and Joey plugs. He's like half between. He's caught between just going bald and accepting it and then fighting it off. But he's he's like in this no man zone where he's sort of uh, embraced both worlds and it's horrible looking. Either go bald or get the go full fledge on the on the hair plugs and correct the issue. But don't dance around in the middle. Chuck Todd was the guy that uh, your, your buddies would invite to like come over to play Madden, and then when he got there, they they already left to go <laughs> eat pizza. And be like, oh, sorry, we, we we were done by the time you got there. The other thing about Chuck Todd that annoys me is whenever anyone accuses him of being sort of uh, progressive, he'll claim that uh, he's not, and his father was a uh, you know a Reagan Republican. But then the other day, I was listening to again uh, one of his. I think it was the the Chuck Todd cast. I don't know why I do this to myself, uh, but I was listening to the Chuck Todd cast. Yeah, because if you and- can't get enough Chuck Todd. <laughs> You need the Chuck cast. And he was saying that his dad was a registered Democrat. So I, I, like, I don't know what to believe anymore. I, I, I think we can all just believe he's just a dork. <laughs> uh, here's a little clip of the attorney in the uh, Nathan Wade, uh, Fawny Willis case. This is the guy representing the Fulton County District Attorney's Office. Um, this this dude is he's struggling mightily here. The, the judge asks some questions. He just it responds in silence. He doesn't know how to handle it. Um, this is painful. Take a listen. What I would say is misstates the law as it relates to uh, what the law uh, or what is required in order for uh, an elected district attorney uh, and their office to be disqualified. And what I would submit to the court let's is go, let's go back to that. Show me how. Yes. Show you how. So I think the first one they cited was battle versus the state. Certainly a conflict of interest or the appearance of impropriety would be the grounds of disqualification. Well. There are a number of these cases that seem to exclusively rely on the appearance of impropriety. Right. 
Well, they, they acknowledge that there's some ambiguity here, that sometimes Whitworth and Whitworth gets cited to Ventura, and we've got this quote that comes up where it's just they only cite to an actual conflict that must be involved. They, they acknowledge the ambiguity. You're saying there's no ambiguity whatsoever. I yeah, uh, 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 and he's reading notes off his laptop, and he, he still can't. He still can't uh, come up with an answer. It's just amazing. And at one point, he just turned and just chugged a glass of water, clearly nervous, sweating on the stand. It definitely reminds me of the attorney and my cousin Vinny. You'll remember this scene. Take a listen, Mister. Uh, 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 Tipton. <laughs> Now, when you viewed my clients, how, how, how far away were you? About 50 feet. Oh, now, do you think that that's close enough to make an accurate... Identification? Well, you know, I mean, it's not easy. Certainly not easy. Uh, we're we're my. No sense. Uh, you can read his laptop. He's got just this giant print on his screen, and he's just just not doing anything. Yeah, no, it just doesn't just help him. It. I mean, yeah. just judge asked him. He's like, uh, 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 um, uh, um, um, and then silence. And then the judge has to help him out. Like, well, what I mean is, it's like coaching a three year old. Like, well, you know, Reagan, don't you want to paint the unicorn in in the unicorn and not around the unicorn? Right, like inside the color lines. Uh, they're not posting enough audio of this trial as fast as I would like it because it's it's uh, it's really fascinating. I, I love this stuff, but if there is in fact, if anyone comes on the stand who's worth hearing. Um, we'll bring it to you live, no doubt about it. I, I think the Trump um, uh, lawyers are doing a great job. I really do. I think they've, they've, they've done a great job of explaining how there's a reasonable conflict of interest. I was asked by my friend Susie Cool, do I think it's going to be a slam dunk? Um, no, but I, I think, look, look, this judge seems to me to be very balanced. I think this judge is asking a lot of right questions. I think the judge, his main concern, which I think the uh, Trump lawyers did a good job of, of answering, was, look— if we say that we can't believe Fawny Willis, if we say that we can't believe her in this, does that mean that every case she's ever tried has to be thrown out? And they, I think, did a good job of explaining the answer to that is no, because in this particular instance, she was under oath as a as a, essentially testifying. And when you're under oath testifying, well, you know, you 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 have to be honest. Um, that doesn't shouldn't have any bearing on any of the other um, of the other issues. And the judge just said he may be ready to issue a decision on whether or not she should be disqualified without additional evidence. I, I can't say for sure how this goes. My sense of the matter is I, I believe personally that they've made enough of a compelling argument that there is at least the appearance of a uh, of such a, a conflict of interest here that it would not be in the interest of justice for the defendants for this to keep going forward. That said, you know, the, the, the eyes of the nation are on this judge. I, I know the guy's giving money to Democrats. He's giving money to Republicans, too. If I'm him, I, I'm, I'm making the ruling that there's at least enough impropriety here for two reasons. Number one, it's Georgia. And I think that if the guy wants a political future, <laughs> that's the correct ruling. And I think number two, um, a reasonable person can conclude, and again, this is the clinical term, that Fawny and Nathan Wade were, you know, they were, they were knocking boots prior to Nathan Wade coming on the case. There's, there's enough reasonable circumstantial evidence. And I know circumstantial evidence is not used in a trial, but this is not a trial in that sense. There's enough circumstantial evidence to conclude that he, in fact, and Fawny, the two of them, you know, had something going on here, and and this the the defendants deserve better. Here's what the judge said a short time ago. Take a listen. I think both sides have made requests to reopen the evidence on behalf of the defense. There were some issues with uh, cell phone records, and the state has uh, found an additional uh, witness that they would like to present. And the instruction I provided on Tuesday was that for today, I think we've reached the point where I'd like to hear more of how some of the legal arguments apply to what has already been presented and it may already be possible for me to make a decision uh, without those needing to be material uh, to that decision so that's why we're here today i wanted to make sure we held this time because it is a bit of a logistical challenge to get everyone in a room together uh, so 
But recognizing that, um, again, in the interest of efficiency, if both parties want to reserve part of their time to argue as if those proffered uh, exhibits have been admitted, feel free to make whatever arguments you, you would like. And if, in fact, it turns out that I do need those to be part of the record to make a decision, then we'd have to come back and we will do those in accordance with the rules of evidence. Now, that tells me that the judge knows there's more evidence that proves that the two had an affair prior to his hiring. He doesn't need it because I think he's ready to make a decision that there's enough of an appearance of a conflict here that she should be removed from the case, that they both should be removed from the case. That's my reading of it. I don't know this judge. I can't say for certain. And I, I, I don't know. In just listening to him, I think he's done a very good job of addressing all the questions, a- asking the right kind of questions. He hopes to have a decision in two weeks, is what he says. Two weeks. My sense of it is, again, is that if you're going to argue that the trial proceeds, I think you come back much faster with a with a decision. If you say there's no conflict, I, I think if you need two weeks, you probably you're, you're probably taking the time to argue why Fonnie Willis needs to be removed. He spent a lot of time today asking Trump's attorneys to explain how under Georgia law. Um, this would would apply. And, and he also asked other cases where this has been an issue. And they did a good job of citing that, citing the law. Now, the law is very vague on what defines a conflict, but it really could be anything. You know, and he asked the question, he said, well, what happens, you're talking about finances, if somebody gives their boss a dollar, you know, and the argument, the, the response from the Trump attorneys was, well, if we give a gift to the court, you know, we're supposed to file that. It's got to be, it's the paperwork's got to be there. It's, you know, there was no record keeping here. It was all sloppy. I mean, um, he asked the question regarding the overnight stays at the Love Shack and, you know, whether or not they were working. And I, I, again, I, who knows? Nobody can know for sure. But it's my opinion, and again, I'm just being objective here. It's my objective opinion that there's a reasonable person can conclude that there is enough appearance of a conflict of interest based on their personal relationship that they should be removed from the case. Because even if you have questions regarding the timeline, they were still having a romantic relationship while they were on the case against Donald Trump. And that's really a big no-no. I, I mean, it really is. You're bringing an outside counsel who you're sleeping with. Whether you started knocking boots prior to him getting hired, after he gets hired, in, in my mind, it's, it's still it's still problematic for the interests of justice. And the other thing, too, and I, I think the judge has to be cognizant of this fact, when you're, when you're dealing with a situation where, and they brought up, how Fawny Willis went to that church and she gave a whole sermon about how they're targeting her because she's black and they're targeting Nathan Way because he's black. Uh, she lied to the congregation and she was trying to play the race card. And that's a potential jury pool right there that she's trying to taint. I, I think all these things matter. And I, 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 you know, my, if I'm a betting man, I'm betting that the judge is going to say that they have to be removed from the case. But look, I can't know for certain. So, you know, We'll have to see how it goes. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. If you would like to weigh in on anything we are discussing today, we're going to talk to Dave McCormick. He, of course, is running for the United States Senate for Pennsylvania. Recently, Lancaster, Lancaster City, Pennsylvania, became a sanctuary city. So we'll chat with him about that. Of course, the lesser Casey, Bob Casey, who he's running against, you never see the guy. He only shows up uh, once every six years, and then you know you have six more years of a U.S. Senate term. He's like the freaking groundhog. But we don't know exactly what Bob Casey stands for because he doesn't say anything, but I'm sure Dave McCormick will fill us in on what his absence really means, his absence, his his lack of comments on some of the key issues, what that really means for Pennsylvania. So we'll talk about that coming up as well. Listen, Cooper University Healthcare is where the Zioli family goes for all of our healthcare needs. They are outstanding. Cooper University Healthcare is South Jersey's leading academic health system for a reason. The MD Anderson K 
Cancer Center at Cooper, where they are changing the game, giving people their lives back, really turning things around. When you go by the MD Anderson Cancer Center at Cooper, you'll see the word cancer, the big strike through it, because they are defeating it. It's great. It's wonderful. The cutting-edge research and technology, the Cooper Neurological Institute, they're doing great work on stroke, dementia, Alzheimer's. And, of course, Cooper Primary Care. There's more than 75 specialties, including advanced surgical care. And, hey, I had my surgery at Cooper. They did my diverticulitis surgery. Dr. Michael Quiet did an outstanding job. But I also had my rotator cuff surgery at Cooper. I, I've had a couple of surgeries, as you know. And they've all been at Cooper, and I've been thrilled. So make an appointment today for your family. There's a Cooper near you by calling 800-8-COOPER or go to cooperhealth.org. Cooper is committed, compassionate, complete cooperhealth.org call from mom answer it call silenced instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game you have 47 new voicemails download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Follow Talk Radio 1210 on Instagram and Facebook at 1210 WPHT. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. If you are on hold, hold on and I will uh, get to you. But have a guest right now. I'm very excited to welcome back to the show the next United States Senator for the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Hopefully, knock on wood, God willing. Dave McCormick. Dave, how are you, my friend? Hey, Rich. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. Uh, You did a great job at CPAC. I'm sorry we weren't able to connect in person, but your speech was great. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, sorry I missed you there. But, uh, you know, great opportunity to talk about the terror that's happening in the Middle East and Iran being the uh, the underwriter of terror and barbarism that attacked Israel and is focused on the West. And, uh, you know, Bob Casey and Joe Biden are the reason. And uh, we need strength. And that was the point I tried to make in uh, CPAC. We need strength in our White House and strength in our Senate. All right. So a couple things. First of all, I saw you responded yesterday to the fact that Lancaster City, Pennsylvania, has announced that they are going to be a sanctuary city, which is just completely mind boggling in the year 2024. As you see now, the mayor of New York is saying he wants to end New York City being a sanctuary city. Yeah, yeah this is it's, it's absolute madness, particularly with, with what we're seeing with this horrific murder of, of Lake and Riley, the tragedy that that happened in Georgia. You know, we see sanctuary cities popping up uh, across the country and across Pennsylvania. We have 13 counties and the city of Pennsylvania that have implemented these insane anti-public safety initiatives. And Lancaster City Council is the most recent uh, example of this. And it's, it's crazy because uh, they're not cooperating with law enforcement uh, to prosecute illegal migrants. 
And uh, we see what happens with Lake and Riley. We see what happens when we're not holding uh, illegal behavior into account. And, uh, and Senator Bob Casey has been in favor of and voted for uh, protecting sanctuary cities. And now we see what happens with that kind of weakness and that kind of appeasement. Okay, now that's true, and I, there's no question in my mind about that. And and the fact of the matter is that your opponent, Senator Bob Casey, has been completely missing in action on the border, completely missing in action on on the on, on the invasion that's taking place here. He hasn't said a word about it. No, he hasn't said a word. And you know, you and I have talked about this. Rich. I mean, if we would have imagined on day one of the Biden administration how bad it could get, it's wildly surpassed our imaginations in terms of how bad it's become, and it's. As you know well, an enormous national security threat. We had 160 illegal immigrants that were apprehended that are on the terrorist watch list. It only took 13 to take down the towers in in, uh, 9-11. So this is an enormous risk. We have 10 million illegals uh, that have entered, uh, crossed into our border. That's the ones we know about. And, of course, it's, uh, it's also led to the fentanyl crisis, which is, is probably the number one, maybe number two issue I hear about in the campaign trail. 5,000 people in Pennsylvania last year died of fentanyl. And this is the direct result of these cartels, which have free rent on the border. That, uh, that fentanyl crosses the border with illegal migrants. The ingredients come from China. And in 48 hours, it's in northeastern United States, and it comes down Route 80, Route 81, into small towns like Bloomsburg, Pennsylvania, where I grew up. And it is an absolute travesty. And so we've got to stop this illegal invasion. And, and Bob Casey's done nothing. He uh, has voted against the border wall, has, has been very vocal in supporting President Biden's uh, weakness on the border. And now all of a sudden, like Punxsutawney Phil, uh, my mom grew up in Punxsutawney, so I talk about Punxsutawney Phil. Like Punxsutawney Phil, he's popping his head up in an election year and acting like he's concerned about the border. He's done absolutely nothing. I'll say one more word on this. I think this is such a risk to America that I would advocate using our military very selectively to go across the border, hopefully in concert with Mexico, but even if, if not, to take out those cartels. We have the technology. We have the precision. Uh, just like we can take out terrorists, we can take out cartels. They are terrorists, and they're destroying our country, and we need to act on it. Do you worry about the fact that there's been allegations that the president of Mexico is in, you know, he's in cahoots with the cartels, that they basically control the guy? I do. That's why I said hopefully in concert, but either way. (laughs) So, uh, you know, it's hard to know the degree to which the cartels have permeated and and, uh, infiltrated the Mexican government, the Mexican armed forces, the Mexican police forces. Uh, What I do know is we've got a crisis that's come across our border and the president and our public leaders have a responsibility to act to stop this scourge. And so, I think military force is the way to go. You obviously would like to do that in, in concert with uh, the authorities of Mexico. But either way, this needs to be stopped and it needs to be stopped now. Dave McCormick, let's turn to energy for a moment. I know that you put out a, a plan to make Pennsylvania and America energy dominant. You have your keystone agenda to reclaim America. This is part two of that. Uh, you, you propose three steps to make America and Pennsylvania energy dominant. Let's talk about it. Yeah, well, well you know, I'm. I'm running a campaign which is about ideas and leadership, Uh, two things that Bob Casey hasn't demonstrated in his 18 years in the Senate. And if there was one single thing that you could do to change the trajectory of Pennsylvania, the economic well-being of its citizens, it would be to unlock our energy sector. And Bob Casey's been been a terrible uh, burden uh, to the people of Pennsylvania. He's he's pursued an anti-fossil fuel agenda. Uh, going uh, lockstep with uh, Joe Biden and and a radical environmental agenda, which ironically has hurt the environment. So my agenda goes the opposite direction. It says we need to be energy dominant. And energy dominant helps our economy, it helps our security, and it helps the environment. There's three things we need to do. First, we need to unleash oil and gas production here at home. And that means building infrastructure to get the oil and gas from energy-producing regions like Western Pennsylvania to the rest of the country. We need LNG pipeline, we need an offshore port, uh, and we need an approval process and a regulatory process that streamlines that. We don't have that. Second thing we need to do is embrace an all-of-the-above energy approach. I'm for all forms of energy because energy dominance is our goal, but it has to be driven by markets, not by these huge subsidies. So I'm in favor of nuclear, 
I'm in favor of solar and wind and hydro, and I'm certainly in favor of unlocking natural gas. We just have to let the market dictate this. And what we're doing with these huge subsidies is distorting the market in a way that ironically is making us hugely dependent on China. 60% of the lithium batteries uh, come from China. Solar panels uh, come from China, uh, from the region that the Uyghurs are being uh, uh, abused in. And so ironically, what, what the Biden administration has done is they've, uh, at a time where we're in growing, uh, a growing adversary in China, they've made our economy far more dependent on China. And so we have to stop that. The third thing we need to do is leverage our geopolitical strength. You know, we see the power of being the energy dominant force with what happened in Ukraine and uh, Russia's invasion and what happened in Europe. Germany made itself dependent on Russia. And when conflict started, uh, you know, the entire supply chain of Germany has been turned upside down. So that energy dominance, that ability to export around the world, that ability to build alliances based on that and to have our trading partners, it gives us strength. And here's the great irony. By exporting our natural gas, that replaces foreign coal uh, uh, plants in India and China and is great for, uh, great for the environment and great for reducing emissions. And, and we've done that in America. Emissions have, are down dramatically over the last 15 years. It's because of innovation. It's because of fracking. And that's the kind of energy dominance and innovation that America needs. And we're not going to have that with, uh, with guys like Bob Casey standing in the way. And Dave, Dave McCormick, you, you also had a couple of, of questions uh, that you posed to Bob Casey, and I think this is really good, too. I mean, number one, you know, this this idea of, of ending liquid natural gas, what Biden wants to do, this could be a huge, huge uh, job opportunity for, for Pennsylvania. I mean, if we had a liquid natural gas export facility right outside of Philadelphia, for example, that would be that would be massive. That'd be great for jobs. Um, that's number one, right? Absolutely. Game-changing. So, you know, Toby Rice was at uh, my event, introduced me. He's uh, the largest natural gas producer in the, in, the, in the country, based right here in Pennsylvania. If you look at all the offshore facilities, they're all around Louisiana and Texas. If we had an offshore facility in Pennsylvania, that would allow us to export natural gas around the world. It'd bring down prices for, uh, for consumers in Pennsylvania, and it'd create a massive economic windfall uh, for Pennsylvania. And the problem is regulations and lawsuits and the lack of leadership. And so that's the first thing we absolutely need to do. And I, I put Bob Casey on the spot. I said, hey, listen, well, do you, uh, will you oppose Biden's goal of removing fossil fuels from the power sector? That's explicitly what he said. I also asked him if he'd oppose these electric vehicle mandates that are putting the jobs of auto, auto, auto workers of Pennsylvania and across the country at risk, but also making us dependent on China. I mean, the, the great irony is we saw during COVID how being dependent on semiconductors and pharmaceuticals from China and elsewhere made us, it, it brought our economy to a standstill. So that was the second question. And the third question, I, uh, I asked him, are we going to actually stop the import of those lithium batteries and solar panels from China? So uh, here you have Bob Casey trying to talk tough on China at the exact same time that he's supporting in lockstep the policies of Joe Biden that makes us more dependent on China in our most critical energy sector. So this is a guy that won't take a stand. He's wishy-washy on everything. And I'm calling him out because there's two choices. There's a choice of energy dominance, or there's a choice of being hijacked uh, by the environmental left and ultimately hurting consumers, hurting our national security. And as I said, a great irony, hurting our environment. Dave McCormick, you, you served in the uh, 82nd Airborne. You're a graduate of West Point. You understand the importance of the American military. I, I got to tell you, you know, this whole episode with the Secretary of Defense just disappearing and not communicating with the White House and not talking to the president, uh, it's it's incredibly uh, terrifying. But I'm also worried about Biden's cognitive uh, decline here as the guy still has the nuclear codes. I, 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 these things keep me up at night. Yeah, and, and as well they should. You know, the deterrence, Deterrence, uh, keeping the bad guys at bay so you're not being challenged and tested, it depends on three things. It depends on your adversaries thinking you have the capability. It depends on your adversaries thinking you have the will. And it depends on keeping your adversaries guessing about how and when you'll use force. And under Joe Biden, we've lost deterrence. Uh, they don't think we're strong. They don't think we have will. And, and whenever he's going to do something, he broadcasts what he's going to do. It's the exact opposite of the kind of strength and deterrence we had under President Trump. And I'm terribly worried about it because it's what you and I learned when we were kids on the playground. If the bully thinks you're weak, 
Um, they're going to push you. They're going to punch you. And we're at a moment where we're being challenged in, um, in the Middle East by Iran. We're being challenged, or the West is being challenged by Russia in Ukraine. Uh, China is rattling its saber in the South China Sea. And all of this is being exacerbated by the weakness of Joe Biden in Afghanistan, the Chinese surveillance balloon, the mixed signals to Putin. And so I'm terribly worried about it. And I'm terribly worried about our military. A huge recruiting shortfall, a leadership that's uh, un uncertain at best. You know, he can't even get uh, in touch with his secretary of defense. Uh, a leadership team that I don't think is innovating the military in a way that's going to prepare it for the next war. And frankly, uh, a, a woke agenda, this, uh, this notion of, uh, of uh, a DEI that's hijacked. Uh, the, the war-fighting mission of the military. Uh, just to give you an example of that, the Army rolled out its climate change strategy under Joe Biden before it rolled out its war-fighting strategy. This is all very concerning, and uh, you know, it's not just you and I that see it, it's our adversaries that see it too. Yeah, the Secretary of State was more worried about making sure people don't use words like manpower and uh, uh, and mother than he, than he than he seems to be about making sure the United States is sending a message to our enemies, hey, listen, don't mess with us. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's a dangerous world. And I, you know, I know from uh, my time uh, in the military, but I also know from just a recent visit to Israel where I, uh, you know, I, you mentioned that CPAC speech where I talked about it. I saw the barbarism uh, up close and personal with uh, Hamas coming across the border and the scope of that military mission to eradicate Hamas. And, you know, you've got two wars you're fighting, one above the ground and one uh, in that tunnel network. I mean, those, that's a tough mission. These are tough missions. China is a tough adversary. We need a cutting-edge military that's innovating all the time to have cutting-edge technology and, and, and tactics to be able to take on our adversaries. And by being powerful and, and so potent, uh, we increase the possibility of never having to use the military. And nobody, wants, uh, nobody more than a military person wants to avoid putting our young men and women in combat. But, uh, but I'm worried. I'm worried that that weakness... Uh, will lead to us being tested. And um, listen, we've got nine long months uh, with uh, the declining cognitive skills of uh, President Biden in the White House. And if you're a bad guy, it's certainly a very appealing window to strike. Dave McCormick, where can people follow you, support the campaign, and uh, make sure we get you over the finish line to be the next U.S. Senator? I'm at DaveMcCormickPA.com, and uh, I've got my campaign bus, and I'm visiting uh, counties, all, all 67 counties. Since the beginning of the year, I've visited 38 of our, our great counties across Pennsylvania. And I, I got to tell you, I can feel the energy rich. I can feel the movement. I can feel the fact that 80% of Pennsylvanians think the country's heading in the wrong direction. Those aren't just Republicans. Those are just Pennsylvanians. Those are Americans. And so I'm excited about the campaign, excited to have the opportunity to lead on behalf of Pennsylvania. Well, listen, you got to come back on the show as much as possible. And uh, whatever I can do to help you, my friend, of course, you just let me know. Dave McCormick for PA. Uh, thank you, Dave. Best of luck and, you, and you're doing great. You got it. Talk to you soon. Thank you. I'll tell you, too, what's great about Dave is that he's got the support of all the Republicans in, this, in, in the state. I mean, top to bottom, conservatives, everybody. Everybody's back in McCormick. There's no contested primary. It's just laser focused on the general. It's really, really refreshing. Uh, it's great. Uh, Joanne is in Pottstown. Joanne, hi. How are you? Well, I am well. Thank you, Rich. I've been trying to reach you all week to tell you how much I appreciate your telling me about the book, The Year of the Locust by uh, Terry Hayes. Oh, you liked it? Oh, good. Oh, I'm on about page 600. I just the what I like also about the book, other than that it's just riveting espionage and right up into the contemporary time, is what I like the way he lays out the physical book. The chapters are not real long, so even though it's quite a tome to read, you don't get the feeling because you go from chapter to chapter and he keeps you so engrossed. My one question is, is he an American citizen? I know Terry Hayes lives in Switzerland, but I don't know anything more about his background. Is he an American citizen? I don't know if he is an American citizen or not. I'm not quite sure. I know he was at one point. I, I, I assume he is, uh, has dual citizenship, but I don't know that for a fact. But Joanne, thank you so much for calling, and you have a great weekend. Thank you, and thank you for the suggestion. Keep them coming, please. You, you got it. It's interesting, too. There's a science fiction twist 
to that book that some people didn't like. I, I, I liked it a lot. I really did. But, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a sci-fi guy. So uh, it's, it, it's definitely a unique read. I'll put it to you that way. Uh, Rob is in Landenberg. Rob, how are you? Rich, you're doing well. Thanks for taking my call. As always, great show. Great interview Thank with you. McCormick, too. That was, Thank that you. was good stuff. <clears throat> um, hey, I have to disagree with you. And I don't disagree with you much on the uh, on good old Fanny Willis there. Uh, I think she's getting off. I, okay. <clears throat> and tell me if I'm wrong. But didn't that judge, uh, like, contribute to her to her candidacy for uh, when she was running for judge, running for AG there in Georgia? Well, the judges contributed to a lot of different people. I mean, it, 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 the, the politics are different down there. You know, judges are elected and, and uh, these district attorneys are elected. And so they all kind of give money to each other. I, I don't I don't think that would be the reason if he does, in fact, find that they shouldn't be disqualified. I, I don't think it's going to be that it wasn't a lot of money. And it's like going to political events. I mean, these these people do it all the time, you know. Yeah, I'm with you on that. But I, I just I mean. Everything's upside down. You know what I'm saying, man? I mean, I haven't seen a Democrat process. I mean, I mean, I don't see you don't see any of them get, uh, you know, taken out like this. It's amazing. I mean, as clear as everything looks, I mean, I understand all the evidence. And everything. I'm, I'm still skeptical. I just don't think they're going to go after, you know, they're, they're going to play that way. I just don't. Well, you know, the good news is that even if the judge says that she shouldn't be disqualified, the Georgia legislature and the governor are prepared to do something about that as a backup plan. Um, they they may have a remedy to be able to remove her from the case if that is, in fact, what, what happens. So um, so keep hope alive, my man. We'll see what happens. You got it. Good stuff. Well done. Thank, thank you, Rob. Appreciate it. Uh, Gene is in Abington. Hello, Gene. Yeah. Hi, Rich. Uh, look, I'm a retired physician. And the, the standard of a medical exam on somebody over 65 is, is you include a cognitive examination. That is by regulation as prescribed by Medicare. If you don't do that, there's financial penalties. So I think it's important that everybody know that this doctor didn't do a complete exam because that cognitive exam wasn't performed. Well, that's a great point. And um, it's, it's, uh, it's why the media should be digging into this instead of just championing what the White House says. It's, you know what I mean? It's, right. it's, it's so typical of our corporate media that they're all parroting what the White House says regarding Joe Biden's doctor. And uh, it's, it's a joke. I mean, he, no, no doubt about it, Joe Biden could not pass a cognitive exam. No, I mean, I'm your physician. I, I know he's not your patient, but, I mean, you, you don't have to be a doctor to see that, right? Try to have him count backwards from 100 or the months backwards or you know what these are just these are many exams that are done in the office i don't mm-hmm. think he would pass not seeing him so i just want to let you know what the standard is and the standard as established by the government was not followed well thank you for that information thanks, thanks doctor for my call you bet. I appreciate it very much. You have a great, great weekend. 855-839-1210. Quick check-in on social media by our friends at Cherry Hill Vavo, and then I'll take a quick break, and we'll come right back. we got a lot to get to. Um, BPMCD on Twitter. Uh, BPCMD, excuse me. He said, Rich, I had to pull over. There is more than circumstantial evidence. Megyn Kelly has the text messages between Wade's old law partner and one of the Trump attorneys, Natalie, somebody. It's damning. Only question, why did the law partner play? I don't remember on the stand. Uh, Yeah, true. Look, I said I didn't say there's only circumstantial evidence. I said, in my opinion, there's enough circumstantial evidence for for a reasonable person to conclude these two had a romantic relationship prior to Nathan Wade getting hired. Um, What the judge, you know, he asked that question today regarding the text messages. He's he's aware of the fact that, you know, what the the guy was saying in the text messages is very different than what he was saying on the stand. So the judge is aware of that fact. Whether that's going to be enough to push the judge over the edge, I don't know. But there's a it's not just circumstantial evidence, but in terms of what Willis said and what Wade said, I think the two of them there's enough circumstantial evidence to conclude that there's an impropriety here. There's a there's a there's a relationship, a clear relationship, and um, you know I, I I am 
I, I think the judge should make that decision, make a determination, but we'll see what he says. Either way, though, I wouldn't lose hope because the Georgia legislature, like I said, is looking to do a remedy as well. But no, it's not just circumstantial evidence, but there is no real, I'd say, smoking gun here in the sense of like, hey, here's a video of Nathan Wade and Fawny Willis, you know, knocking boots and, you know, in, in December of 2019 and let's play it for the court. <clears throat> so you have to rely on circumstantial evidence that you, 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 you come to the conclusion based on all of these different things and say there's there's enough appearance here where a reasonable person can conclude that. I think that's what the judge should do. But I'm not the judge, and I hope – I can only hope. It's all we can do. Um, all right, 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Uh, <clears throat> we're going to take a, a quick break, but before I do, let me tell you about my friends at Natural Lawn of America. They're going to help you get a beautiful, green, lush lawn for your summer. You're going to love it. It is the safer – natural alternative to all those harsh chemicals. Savor for your family, savor for the kids, savor for the pets. It's my lawn care company, Natural Lawn of America. I've been using them for years. And right now they have a very special offer for you, limited time offer. They will seed your lawn for free every year. Just call them at 1-800-FREE-SEED. 1-800-FREE-SEED. Choose my lawn care company, Natural Lawn of America. Greener grass, fewer weeds, guaranteed. Since 1987, Natural Lawn of America has been giving people greener lawns without all those harsh chemicals, and they've been doing so because their technicians work to figure out what is specific to your lawn, what your lawn needs, and that's the difference. That's the Natural Lawn of America difference. 1-800-FREE-SEED. Tell them I sent you. Get Take advantage of this limited time opportunity. They will seed your lawn for free every year. 1-800-FREE-SEED. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.